He's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's the Mark K Show. Listen, like, share. What you know? What I'm I'm shocked. I'll be honest with you. I am a hundred percent totally shocked at how many of my friends and family members and coworkers have no idea what a golden shower is. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess I should. I guess that's actually probably a that's probably a good thing. Anyway, what's up, everybody? My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining me here today. A uh, couple things. First of all, there, I mean, I, there's not even three big things you need to know today. Here's what we're here's what we're going to be talking about today. Ready? Three. three. Donald Trump. Two. Two. Barack Obama. One. One. And the aforementioned golden showers. Fake news running rampant in the mainstream media. I mean, I guess we shouldn't at all be shocked at this point because as we as we've discussed many times on this program, there's really no difference between fake news and news. And that is one of the reasons why this live stream every day and this podcast is in existence. And that's, I, I, I believe, one of the reasons you keep coming back so that we can discuss these things amongst ourselves and try to differentiate what's really real and what's just BS. By the way, uh, if you're just joining me, please feel free to share this. If you're on Facebook, share it with your friends and family members so that we can we can spread truth and reality, uh, you know, far and wide. If you're if you're listening on the podcast page or if you're da- you've downloaded the podcast, please send the link to everyone you know as well, so that they too can enjoy uh, what you know what we do here every single day. All right. Let's start with, you know what, I don't even, I was going to start with Barack Obama's farewell address because I had so many people on Snapchat that that commented and mentioned it to me and had, had here are some of the reactions I got from my Snapchat audience about Barack Obama's farewell uh, address last night from Chicago. Obama's speech was full of blah, 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 blah. I'm waiting on Trump to make America great again. Yeah, don't have to wait too much longer. Here's another one that was kind of interesting. Yes, I'm on the toilet. I hate Obama. Now I know what you're thinking. Mark K, you got a Snapchat from a girl who was on the toilet? And I'll tell you, it happens more often than you might think. Uh, here's another. I did think that the part of Obama's farewell speech where he talks about Michelle being his best friend was touching. Yeah. And then finally, we had uh, we had this guy here who had a cool hat. Obama's speech. Well, how does that song go? All you do is talk, 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 talk. All you do is talk, talk. I had no idea what he was talking about, though. I'm on. I'm unfamiliar. I'm unfamiliar uh, with that tune. Anyway, uh, so that's kind of the reaction we had on Snapchat, and we'll get to your reaction here in just a minute. And I promise I will read your comments today. Some people already commenting. Uh, Althea, I appreciate it. JT, Debbie, Cindy, so glad you guys are here and watching. Please again, don't forget to share this with everyone you can. In the meantime, let's start really with Donald Trump because Donald Trump just had a news conference. First of all, this golden shower story. I don't understand people. I don't understand. There was a big story a little while back about something called Pizzagate. Hashtag Pizzagate. Did you hear about this? And there was this this pizza restaurant in uh, Washington, D.C., and and I think it was like the Chevy Chase area. It was called... what was it called? Ping pong. It was called Comet Ping Pong Pizza. And it was owned by friends of John Podesta and Hillary Clinton and the Clinton supporters. And, and the, the story was that this was used as a place where uh, very prominent Democrats and very prominent Democratic donors, people high up in the Clinton and, and the Obama administration who were into pedophilia and, you know, having sexual uh, affairs with small children would go. And there was this basement and there were catacombs. And that's where the children Children would be kept so that these these disgusting people could do disgusting things. And in fact, there was a whole laundry list of terms 
pizza and cheese and sausage and pasta. They all had different things. When the Podesta emails were hacked by WikiLeaks, people were combing through them, picking out all these references to these so-called code words and, uh, and discussing Pizzagate at great length. Then you may remember this dude from North Carolina who read all these Pizzagate articles and read, watched all the videos about hashtag Pizzagate, got in his car with a shotgun and he drew, and everyone, by the way, Everyone in North Carolina has a shotgun, so that's not odd. And he drove all the way to Washington, D.C. And he went to Comet Ping Pong and he walked in there to do some investigating. He walked in the back room, didn't find what he was looking for, went out into the street and was arrested by the police. The media was so quick to debunk such a ridiculous story. I mean, when you read through it, it's so fictitious. It sounds so ridiculous. I can't, you, well, come on. You're telling me that there's a pizza place that is harboring young children and pedophiles in the Democratic Party? There's a pizza, there's, you can just walk in off the street, order something from the restaurant. And they had all these symbols on their menu that supposedly were, were significant in the, in the, I don't know, pedophilia, child sex ring community. I'm unfamiliar with it. So this story was never accepted by the media. It was debunked. It was talked about in so many different regards as being false, created by the fake news outlets, if you will, perpetrated by the Russians and places like Infowars and all these other, there are a list of websites that the Washington Post actually put out, like 200 websites. They had to, they had to go back and apologize because they were being sued by many of them. Uh, but, but they were being heralded as Russian propaganda outlets when they were really just, they were really just websites that were reporting news. So yesterday, this story breaks, which was uh, a hoax perpetrated on a website called 4chan, a social media network similar to Reddit. Uh, it's where a lot of Republicans and a lot of hackers hang out. It's kind of, it's like an inside really twisted internet community. I, I love it. Uh, but 4chan, they started this hoax where Donald Trump went to Russia and stayed in a hotel, a hotel that, that uh, Hillary Clinton herself stayed in. And Barack Obama himself stayed in and ordered prostitutes to come and perform these really disgusting urination sex acts in front of him because that's what he was into. And the story went on to say that Russian intelligence was keeping tabs on the hotel and had little microphones and cameras and recorded Donald Trump in the bed with the Russian prostitutes doing these horrible things, these golden showers and whatnot. I'm not going to get into the explanation of what that is. If you don't know by now, then you're a better person than I am. Number one, if you don't know what a golden shower is, you probably went to college. You probably went to classes when you went to college and didn't just hang around the fraternity house watching porn. Good for you. Bravo. Money well spent. So this is what this is what the news was yesterday. This is what everyone was reporting on. Everyone, meaning BuzzFeed, who printed this fake dossier that some supposed uh, some supposed intelligence person from MI6, MI6, by the way, you know who the most famous MI6 agent in the world is? Any MI6? Any was that ring a bell to anybody? MI? It's James Bond. James, MI6 is the British intelligence agency like the KGB or the CIA. It's where all these agents, you know, they run their license to kill and they all drive, uh, you know, BMWs and Jaguars and they, and they wear tuxedos and drink martinis and look like Sean Connery. That's MI6. So this one MI6 agent who apparently had been uh, ordered or hired by Clinton's people and also by, get this, never Trump Republicans. This is a key point of this. Never Trump Republicans, namely the, the most prominent one in the report was John McCain. In fact, he brought this report to the FBI. He brought this report to the light of the, the United States intelligence community because he hates Donald Trump. 
He never wanted Donald Trump to be president. So anyway, someone writes up this fake report from this fake MI6 agent, says Donald Trump did these horrible things, and that the Russians have been working on all of this, all of this information so that they could hold it over Donald Trump's head, so that they could blackmail him, and that they could be friendly with Donald Trump and get him to do and act in a way that they wanted. John McCain takes it to the intelligence community. The intelligence community supposedly brings it to Donald Trump and Barack Obama, but Donald Trump says that never happened. That never, I never saw this report. I never had an intelligence briefing on this. Kellyanne Conway goes on television. The first question they ask her isn't, did this really happen? But how does Donald Trump not remember this happening? And the, the answer is very simple. It never did. It never happened. How can you remember something happening that never did happen? That should be the question they ask, but that's not how the press works. So anyway, this report gets passed around. BuzzFeed picks it up. They decide to print it. Everybody else in their right mind, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, ABC News, NBC News, Fox News, everyone else looks at it and goes, this is ridiculous. In fact, if you read it, I have it. I have it. I have it over there somewhere. Uh, but you know, let, me, let me pull it up on BuzzFeed. If you read the article on BuzzFeed, they actually say in the article, we, by the way, BuzzFeed, <laughs> there, by the way, BuzzFeed as a news uh, organization, I just, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think you should look at a website that has 25 magical wedding photos that will make you say, wow, 17 tips to make your sex life more adventurous in 2017, which 90s shows must go, and a dossier of top secret information about Donald Trump as their top headlines. I don't think you should take that as a serious um a serious website when you're looking for news. Anyway, they've, they've moved this whole thing off of their front page because I think they realize how ridiculous it was. So I can't even see the story. But they basically said, we can't substantiate this information. There's no proof that any of this has happened. It's all conjecture. But here it is anyway. They published it. Huge report. So many pages. I mean, in fact, maybe I'll go grab it here in a second. Maybe I'll go grab it here in a second. And then Donald Trump and his people were like, come on, how could you even believe this? How could all of you people... That 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 looked at Pizzagate and said nothing like this. This is ridiculous. Nothing like this could ever happen in America. How could you now look at this particular thing and think that somebody running for president does this, and that they're that the Russians have that they're careless enough to be videotaped in a Russian hotel room doing this, Donald. <laughs> Donald Trump's like, come on, here's, here's a quote from Donald Trump's press conference a moment ago. Because you don't want to see yourself. In Hold on, here it is. I want to. Th Wait, here it is. Uh, he's talking about the hotel rooms, by the way, and how he actually warns his staff when they travel that, that in hotels, you never know what you're going to get and that you could possibly be tape recorded or videotaped or both at any time. Because you don't want to see yourself in television. Cameras all over the place. And again, not just Russia, all over. Does anyone really believe that story? I'm also very much of a germaphobe, by the way. Yeah, he's also a germaphobe. So does anyone really believe that story? That's the question that Donald Trump is asking. And the answer is, unfortunately, yes, BuzzFeed did. And CNN, CNN picked it up and ran with it. They ran with it. Well, while they were in Chicago yesterday waiting for Barack Obama to speak, they were like, breaking news, this just in. Uh, Anderson Cooper reporting with, well, who was Carl Bernstein was there. They had their, their whole usual suspects. Uh, David Axelrod was there, and they were all chit-chatting about the Donald Trump, this, this, this intelligence information from Russia is so damaging to Donald Trump. It's really blowing the lid off of it. And they were talking about this horrible report of all of these things that Donald Trump supposedly did, which there was no proof of. And BuzzFeed actually reporting, zero proof, can't verify. 
We have no actual information that any of this happened, but here's what happened. And CNN ran with it. And Donald Trump in his press conference this morning started off by mentioning that. Listen to what he said. I want to thank a lot of the news organizations here today because they looked at that nonsense that was released by maybe the intelligence agencies. Who knows? But maybe the intelligence agencies, which would be a tremendous blot on their record if they in fact did that, a tremendous blot, because a thing like that should have never been written, it should never been had, and it should certainly never have been released. But I want to thank a lot of the news organizations for some of whom have not treated me very well over the years, uh, a couple in particular, and they came out so strongly against that fake news and the fact that it was written about by primarily one group and one television station. So I just want to uh, compliment many of the people in the room. I have great respect for the news and great respect for freedom of the press and all of that. But I will tell you, there were some news organizations uh, with all that was just said that were so professional, so incredibly professional, that I've just gone up a notch as to what I think of you, okay? All right. Look at that. Donald Trump praising the news organizations. When did we ever think that would happen? That's what CNN and BuzzFeed have done. CNN and BuzzFeed have done something so hate. They've reported such awful fake news that Donald Trump is actually praising the other news organizations for not jumping on the fake news bandwagon. Here it is. This is the report that BuzzFeed printed. Look how long this is. This is like, I mean, I can't even thank God I printed it out at work because if I had to use this much toner on uh, at my home printer, that would have just been... That would have been god-awful. But here are some of the things they said. Summary. Russian regime, Russian regime has been cultivating, supporting, and assisting Trump for at least five years. Aim, endorsed by Putin, has been to encourage splits and divisions in the Western alliance. And this goes on and on. Here are some of the details. Uh, here we go. Uh, number three. There were other aspects to Trump's engagement. They started by talking about real estate deals that never happened, how they kept offering Donald Trump these really sweet deals in Moscow, but he kept turning them down because Donald Trump ain't stupid. He knows, he knows you can't have real estate dealings in Russia if you're going to be running for president of the United States. Uh, part three here. However, there were other aspects to Trump's engagement with the Russian authorities. One which had borne fruit for them was to exploit Trump's personal obsessions and sexual perversion in order to obtain, obtain suitable compromat, which is compromising material. Uh, according to source D, Trump's conduct in Moscow included hiring the presidential suite of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, where he knew President and Mrs. Obama had stayed on one of their official trips and defiling the bed where they had slept by employing a number of prostitutes to perform golden showers in front of him. The hotel was under uh, FSB control with microphones and concealed cameras in all the main room. This is where I knew this was fake. And I'll tell you how. This is how I knew... <laughs> I mean... I don't want to tell you to picture it, but, but just for a minute, think about this. Think about this. Donald Trump hates the, the Obamas so much that he goes to Russia and he goes to the same hotel, the Ritz-Carlton, and demands the same room where Barack and Mo Michelle spent their time just to defile their bed with Russian hookers doing nasty things with each other. Here's how I knew this was fake news. Donald Trump owns hotels. 
Many of them. He's familiar with hotels. He's familiar with hotel security. He's familiar with Las Vegas and Atlantic City and some of the most heinous bastions of sin and, and, and prostitution and crime in the entire world. He knows what happens in hotel rooms. He knows about prostitution. He knows about surveillance. He knows about things like reverse peepholes and two-way mirrors. He knows about recording devices. He knows about cameras. He knows that you are not safe anywhere and that if you really want to protect yourself, you never do anything that would compromise your position. You never give anyone the ability to have, what do the Russians call it? Uh, it's a cool word. Oh, compromat against you. I mean, this guy is in hotel. He builds hotels for a living. The, he knows the least safe and personal space you can have is in a hotel room. I spoke with a guy, uh, it was a great guy. He was here in Jacksonville a while back. He's a private investigator. And we did this great, I should probably have him back on. But we talked about all of these things you need to do to protect yourself when you go to the hotel. Like, for example, there are a lot of two-way mirrors in motels and hotels because there's a lot of perverted people that work in hotels and motels. And what they'll do is they'll install a two-way mirror, maybe put a camera behind it, and you need to touch. When you get into the when you get into a hotel room, go up and touch the mirror, just like this. And your fingers in the reflection should not touch. If, if your finger touches your other finger, the reflection of your finger, then you're looking at a two-way mirror. If there's space between them, which is how most mirrors work, you touch the mirror, there should be space between them. That's the glass. If your fingers don't touch, you're a-okay. But if your fingers touch, you're looking at a two-way mirror. The other thing he always says to do is to take a sticker or a piece of tape or something and put it over the peephole. Because what happens is a lot of times people will install reverse peepholes. And that means that not only can you look out, but somebody in the hallway can look through the people and see a fisheye view of your entire room, your kids, your wife, yourself walking around in a towel or a bathing suit or less you and your wife doing whatever you do when you go on vacation, you and your husband, you know, you and your wife and your husband, I don't even know. Uh, but that's the kind of thing you need to protect yourself from. Hotels are not secure places, and Donald Trump knows this. So the fact that this intelligence says this is all happening in a Ritz-Carlton hotel leads me to believe that it's all fake. Also, uh, it, it's just so ridiculous that I that I can't even I can't even believe it. They went on to talk about how the uh, FSB was using coercion and blackmail to recruit cyber operatives. That they were using uh, Paul Manafort and other representatives in the Republican Party and on the uh, Republican Committee to elect Donald Trump for secret meetings to pass information back and forth. I mean, this is a pretty intense report. This took a lot of work. Somebody sat down and came up with a lot of different stuff. They talked about Paul Manafort and his resignation from the Trump campaign. Uh, Paul Manafort's resignation as campaign manager for U.S. Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump, a well-placed Russian figure reported on a recent meeting, blah, blah, blah. This had been held in secret. Manafort in Ukraine had featured prominently on the, on the agenda. Manafort alleged but sought to reassure him that there was no documentary trail. They're saying that Paul Manafort was a Russian operative that was passing information back and forth between the Trump campaign and Vladimir Putin. And that's why he originally had to um, had to quit his job. So that's that's the Trump story. Now, again, Donald Trump came out this morning very briefly and attacked. Uh, he came out yesterday in a tweet and said, this is all fake news, which it turned out to be. He said, this is just a political witch hunt. And then this morning, he thanked all of the major news organizations except two, BuzzFeed and CNN, for, for realizing this story to be what it is and for not reporting on it and not pursuing it. And it's, it's ridiculous in this day and age that CNN 
still has any kind of credibility or viewership. And in fact, Barack Obama spoke about this in his uh, in his farewell address uh, yesterday. In fact, you know what? We should probably we should let's get on to that here in just a minute. But first, I'd like to remind you that today's show is brought to you by the Obama souvenir T-shirt. Obama promised me hope and change, but all I got was this lousy T-shirt. It's available now on Teespring. Uh, you can you can go get it. There's a link in the description as well. Uh, Barack Obama promised me hope and change, but all I got was this lousy T-shirt. And then one 2017, which of course is uh, the inauguration day when Donald Trump will take over as president of the United States. I'm having a little bit of a mouse issue. As soon as it's back, we'll uh, we'll switch off of that. Sometimes. Sometimes technology is not my friend. Okay, let's get to Barack Obama's speech, shall we? Because yesterday, Barack Obama took to the stage for the last time as president to say farewell and also for one last moment to remind us how horrible we all are as people. Here's how he began. Hello, Chicago. It's good to be home. It was very excited, very excited crowd. They were all there uh, rooting him on. It was freezing cold. They'd been there for a long time. Tickets were free, by the way, unless you went on StubHub. And in that case, they were like they were like $4,000. But he went into his typical speech, and he started talking about things that he did. And uh, there was one part I thought was suspect. It was this part here. We are all created equal, endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, uh, to me, that sounds like plagiarism. I know that the Obamas are big with plagiarism. They were really upset when Michelle Obama's speech was plagiarized by the uh, staff writer for Melania Trump. So I just want to—I mean, I'm not—I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but I think you might want to go back and take a look at that. Might want to Google it because that sounds very familiar to me. And I don't think that that is a—I don't think that that's an original thought on President Obama. But you know, anyway, here's some stuff that I know he said because, well, no one else could say it. The work of democracy has always been hard. It's always been contentious. For every two steps forward, it often feels we take one step back. Okay. Now, anyone that was even paying remote attention can see this is clearly a dig on the incoming president. The incoming president, Donald Trump, who Barack Obama promised he would do everything in his effort to make a smooth transition. The same president that uh, Barack Obama said, we need to get behind and support. We need to make sure that going forward, we realize that he's working for all Americans and all Americans need to work for him. But of course, I'd like to remind you, the work of democracy has always been hard. It's always been contentious. For every two steps forward, it often feels we take one step back. I mean, how is that inspiring to a group of people to uh, who you know to get them to follow a man that they didn't vote for and that they didn't support? To get them to work with an entire regime? I mean, not just a president, but a Congress and a Senate and a soon-to-be Supreme Court that they may disagree with, that they may vehemently oppose. How is that working? As the leader, I mean, he's got an opportunity, Barack Obama, to come forward and say, look, Donald Trump will be a great leader, but you've got to help him out. We may not agree, but he's the guy. He's the guy. America wants this ta- this uh, this path forward. But instead he goes, you know what? I get it. We're all taking a step back. But that's how it works. Two steps forward. That was me. One step back. That's Donald Trump. 
I guess it could have been worse. He could have said one step forward and two steps back. But anyway, he went on to talk about all the wonderful stuff uh, that he's done over the years. And uh, yeah, yeah, let me just play this. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play the whole clip, the entire laundry list of Barack Obama's supposed resume. And then we'll go through them uh, piece by piece to see what's actually real and what's actually fake news. If I had told you eight years ago that America would reverse a great recession, reboot our auto industry and unleash the longest stretch of job creation in our history. If I had told you that we would open up a new chapter with the Cuban people, shut down Iran's nuclear weapons program without firing a shot, take out the mastermind of 9-11. If I had told you that we would win marriage equality and secure the right to health insurance for another 20 million of our fellow citizens. If I had told you all that, you might have said our sights were set a little too high. Yeah, I would have definitely, I would have definitely said that. About about thirty percent of what he said actually happened. Actually, he did support, uh, he did secure marriage equality. But here's the thing about marriage equality that I'd like you to point out: marriage equality didn't become a thing for Barack Obama until he needed uh, the transgender and gay and lesbian community to support him, his agenda, and his reelection bid. When he first ran for office, he was totally against marriage equality. He was all about protecting marriages between a man and a woman. And that didn't mean that, that gay people and trans, uh, transgender people didn't have rights, but marriage equality wasn't one of them. It was only until it became politically motivated and politically necessary that Barack Obama adopted it. But, you know, we'll give him that. As far as healthcare, the healthcare answer to me is always funny because he'll 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 tout this till the day he. And in fact, he had another comment, couple comments about healthcare. Uh, but it, the the thing about healthcare is Barack Obama will always say twenty million Americans who couldn't afford healthcare are now in the healthcare system, and that is true. But the flip side of that is. 20 million Americans who used to have health care, who could afford health care, do not have health care any longer because they can no longer afford it. Their employer had to drop their plan. They had to drop their personal plan. Maybe they got into the Obamacare system, but then as Obamacare started to fail and everyone realized you can't really cover all that many people for that little amount of money. I mean, healthcare does have costs. Doctors get salaries, drugs, drug insurance companies or drugs get salaries. The insurance companies uh, have employees that they have to pay. Everybody's got to make some money or else nothing's going to get done. As they started to realize that the insurance premiums went up and just this past December, right before Christmas, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. How many people got letters saying, oh, we're going to double what you pay for your healthcare next year? I mean, that's that's the other side of the story. Sure. Yeah. 20 million people got health care. Well, 20 million people lost it. I'd say it's a wash. Uh, what else did he mention in there? Uh, oh, Iran being not, not being stopping nuclear Iran. That's ridiculous. They just yesterday got a shipment of plutonium. They literally just yesterday, first of all, they got billions of dollars from us uh, because they kidnapped some of our soldiers and we just paid a ransom. Then they took that money. They went on Amazon and they like overnighted, you know, what click here, one click ordering turned on. They overnighted, they Amazon Prime themselves a bunch of plutonium and uranium so that they can continue to create a nuclear program. It's, I mean, that whole deal that Donald Trump talks about being the worst nuclear deal in the history of the, of the world, that is one thing that, you know, like him or not, you cannot disagree with. So I, I like I said, about 30% of what he actually said, um, uh, 
is is true. Now, he did mention a couple of other things. Let me here's the next clip I want to play for you. This is from Barack Obama's farewell speech yesterday. Our economy doesn't work as well or grow as fast when a few prosper at the expense of a growing middle class and ladders for folks who want to get into the middle class. All right, I should point out first of all, he mentioned two big problems. After he talked about all the things he did, he went in to talk about I guess his big failures or he didn't really tout it as his failure. He described it more as things that we need to work on because evidently we failed at this and not him. But here's the first. Let me play it again. Our economy doesn't work as well or grow as fast when a few prosper at the expense of a growing middle class and ladders for folks who want to get into the middle class. It's nice of him to mention his friends Hillary Clinton and John Kerry, isn't it? Because <laughs> because when you talk about a few people who prosper at the expense of the middle class... I immediately think you have to be talking about Hillary Clinton. You have to be talking about Hillary Clinton, who uh, went in and, and, and basically used all of her political capital promises, promising uh, the poor and the needy and the uninsured that she would help them. And really, in the end, only just use her position of power to garner more money for her and her spouse and her daughter and her foundation. $250,000 for speeches to Wall Street, whom she declared she was going to battle head on. Because Wall Street was taking advantage of all those people. John Kerry, how rich is that? We've had two, two of the wealthiest people to ever serve in political office in this country have both been Secretary of State and have both been under Barack Obama. And I know what you're thinking. John Kerry ain't rich. He's a gold digger. I get it. More, he's more of a ketchup digger, if you will, or a, a tomato digger. He's a ketchup digger. He married Teresa Hines. Okay. I mean, can you blame the guy? Can you blame the guy? He gets all this money. He gets all the ketchup he can eat. He gets free tickets to the Steelers game. And he gets political capital in Massachusetts. He gets to be the Secretary of State. He gets to fly around the, the entire world. And he's probably thinking, well, now that I'm almost done, I'll do what Hillary did and start charging $250,000 for speaking engagements. Although I've heard John Kerry speak. I don't think anyone's going to pay him that much. I mean, you may be to help them sleep. Maybe if you're suffering from insomnia. You throw John Kerry a bone or two, you know, throw him a couple bucks, have him talk and see what happens. Anyway, uh, by the way, a lot of you are sharing this on Facebook, and I do appreciate that. Please continue to share as the broadcast goes on because we're just getting warmed up. Uh, then. All right. So he talked about that. The other thing he talked about was racial inequality. And he talked about how this was one of our our biggest problems in this country still that racism, which it was when he got elected. He said a lot of people were talking about a new racial, uh, you know, a reawakening in, in the United States, that this is going to be a new dawn, a new era. If we're unwilling to invest in the children of immigrants just because they don't look like us, we will diminish the prospects of our own children because those brown kids will represent a larger and larger share of America's workforce. I'm a little taken aback by this. Going to be 100% honest with you. Here's a president who's saying one of the biggest problems we have is racial inequality and racial, he said, racial divisiveness. I don't think, I guess I don't have that. I guess I don't have that. I thought I had that clip where he talks about racial, he said that racial inequality is still one of the most divisive things facing us in our country today. And I guess for whatever reason, I don't have that. I thought I did. No, I don't. Anyway, and then he goes on to be racially divisive by referring to the children of immigrants as those brown kids. Why not just those kids? Again, for someone who's saying we need to stop looking at race because it's divisive in this country, he sure does look at race a lot. 
those brown kids? <laughs> how is that helping to how is that helping to bridge the gap? How is that helping to to lessen the divide between the races? Not just black and white, but uh, Hispanic and immigrant and Asian and Muslim. It doesn't seem like it is at all. But he went on to continue. He went on to separate Americans into into uh, into two different cultures once again. Here's his next comment. For blacks and other minority groups, that means tying our own very real struggles for justice to the challenges that a lot of people in this country face. So black Americans need to do this. Tie your own struggles to the struggles of other people. For white Americans, it means acknowledging that the effects of slavery and Jim Crow didn't suddenly vanish in the 60s. So now he said we need to stop being racially divisive. And then he divided the country into two races, black and white. Black Americans need to tie your, your sorrows and your troubles to, to those of other people and other economic groups. White Americans, you need to realize that slavery and Jim Crow and the effects of those are still around. Why don't all Americans realize both of those things? Why not just call us Americans? I've never once heard Donald Trump, president-elect of the United States, or really any other president that I can think of, separate the country into black and white America. I've never seen a speech anywhere where a, a, a candidate for president or a sitting president has ever said, hey, here's something that, that the black people need to do, and here's something that white people need to do, and if you guys both do that, maybe eventually we'll just be people. No, the way you get people to act like a, a group, a community of Americans is to call them all Americans. I mean, obviously he was never in a fraternity in college because that's all my fraternity brothers ever talked about. They said, we don't care where you are, what color you are, what religion you're from. When you're in here, we're all brothers. We're all Delta Phi. Ooh, yeah. Wah. And then we all got drunk and uh, threw up and got in fights with uh, Fiji. All right, where are we? Let's go to uh, the next comment. Here we go. Uh, these are, We're wrapping it up. I know you don't want to hear about Barack Obama forever, especially since he said goodbye, which he never really did. He said he was going to stick around and still fight. But here's something he said to me. Of all the things he said that I took umbrage with, and let me be honest, I took a lot of umbrage. With, I mean, I take a lot of umbrage with stuff anyway. I'm kind of an umbrage taker. Uh, I mean, that what that means is I disagree a lot with what a lot of people say. Sometimes I do it just for fun. Sometimes I do it because I'm, I'm bored. Sometimes I do it because I just think that they're wrong and 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 stupid. Uh, here's something he said yesterday that I, that I really think is not true. We all have to start with the premise that each of our fellow citizens loves this country just as much as we do. Okay, why? Why should we start with that premise? We all have to start with the premise that each of our fellow citizens loves this country just as much as we do. Because I'll be honest with you, I wholeheartedly believe that to be untrue. Because I love this country a lot. I'm sure there are people out there who love this country more than I do. At least, you know, uh, they, they may prove it. And I may think that I love my country as much as they do, but they prove it on a daily basis. Military men and women, people who have already uh, served in Congress or in the House or have done things that are just amazingly ridiculous because of the love of their country. Again, I love this country a lot, but I guarantee that there are people out there who love it more. I also know for a fact that there are a lot of people in this country who don't like this country nearly as much as I do. And I take umbrage with the fact that Barack Obama wants me to pretend that those people who hate our country and hate America and hate the government and hate freedom of speech and just want to, you know, blow us up or shoot us in the face, love this country as much as I do. I take umbrage with that. And I say, instead of me just assuming you love this country as much as you, you as much as I do, instead of me just taking it for granted, 
that you have the same love in your heart for America, the beautiful that I do and that maybe you do and that that guy over there does and this girl who's commenting on my Facebook page, amen, as we speak. Instead of me just assuming that, because my dad always said, when you assume something, you make an ass out of you and me. And I, I would always say, don't bring me into this. It's not my fault. But, uh, but you know, when you assume something, that's basically what happens. Why don't you prove it to me? Why don't you prove it to me? Why don't we all step back and say, you know what? I love this country, but I'm not really sure who else does. Why don't you prove to me how much you love this country? Think about how great this place would be if we all spent every single day trying to prove our love of country to one another. I mean, think about that when you're, let's say, let's say there's uh, guys, there's like some hot girl in class and you really want her to, you know, you really want her to, to go out with you or you do other stuff with you or whatever. And you're trying to get her attention. You know, do you just take it for granted that she loves you as much as you love her? No, you prove it. You work for it. You buy her flowers and candy and you write her poetry and you go to the gym and you, you pump iron and you work out and you try to get buff. You try to get her attention. And then you go out and you say, will you go out with me? Because I think you're awesome. And she goes, oh my God, I, did, I didn't even think you knew who I was. Yes, of course, I would love to. And then you're out on the date and you're talking and she's like, oh my God, I never knew that you liked me this much. I thought you were always so cute and blah, 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 and whatever. And then you sit back and think, wow, she didn't just assume that I loved her as much as I, as she, or she didn't just assume that I loved her as much as she liked me. I actually had to prove it to her. That's how I look at it. That's how I see America and Americans. Prove it to me. Prove to me that you love this country as much as you say you do or as much as I do. I mean, I come on here every day and talk about the news and politics and, and things that I think we all need to do and say and believe to make our country better. You know, I try to entertain you and make you laugh at the same time. I'm doing my very little part. Yeah, I'm not out there killing people with guns who are trying to bring, uh, you know, bombs in, in suitcases and crockpots to the United States just to kill us. I, I wish I could do that, but I'll be honest with you, that would be a waste of everyone's time because I'm not, I'm not, that's not where my skill set is. That's not where, you know, I can sit here on Facebook and, and on the podcast and inspire you and entertain you and inform you. And then hopefully you can go and, uh, you know, entertain and inform other people and prove to them that you love your country. But prove it to us. Let's just stop assuming things. Because I turn on the news every single day and I go online every single day and I see a ton of people, a ton of people who don't love this country nearly as much as you and I. That's just me. Uh, here's the last thing Barack Obama said. In the rise of naked partisanship and increasing economic and regional stratification, the splintering of our media into a channel for every taste, all this makes this great sorting seem natural. Okay, listen very carefully, because this is where Barack Obama attacks fake news. Even inevitable. And increasingly, we become so secure in our bubbles that we start accepting only information, whether it's true or not, that fits our opinions, instead of basing our opinions on the evidence that is out there. I'd like to, I'd like to point out the irony of this, that Barack Obama made this statement about Basing, basing our opinions on what suits us rather than the facts that are out there. 
While he was doing this, while he was on stage in Chicago saying goodbye and attacking us for finding a place where we feel comfortable and seeking out information online or in the news or on Facebook or in podcasts that only suits us and what we think, while he was doing that, CNN and BuzzFeed were perpetrating a fake news story that was aimed specifically at never-Trumpers, both Republicans and Democrats— it was it was it was fodder for what they believe feeding their very warped, very disturbed and single-minded hatred for the next president of the United States. And he's on stage attacking this very kind of train of thought. He even said, based on facts. And here's CNN, a network that I was wa- I was watching this speech on CNN and just just 30 minutes prior, they had Anderson Cooper and Carl Bernstein and John and uh, and uh, John Axelrod all talking about these fake reports from the Russians about Donald Trump doing horrible things with prostitutes in the same bed that Barack and Michelle Obama shared. God bless America. God bless. You're telling me. You're telling me that Anderson Cooper and Carl Bernstein and John Axelrod and everyone else at BuzzFeed and CNN who who took these reports clearly false with no proof, with no validation, with no verification. These people sold them to you and to me as fact, as something horrible that our future president did as proof that the Russians were controlling our future president through blackmail and what was the word again? It's such a great word. Compromat. You're telling me that those fools on TV love the United States of America as much as you and I do? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh, we should get to some of your comments. Do y'all feel like we need to see Trump's tax statements? Oh, man, I wish. You know what? I'm going to get to that tomorrow. I have audio of that. He was asked that report repeatedly by a uh, reporter today in the news conference. And he said to her, nobody cares about my tax returns. America's only you people do. And he got so much applause from that. I have that clip. I'll get that to you tomorrow. Uh, Cheryl Cornish. I'm a mayor. I'm married to a 22 year old Navy veteran. I love my country and our military. I watched how he crapped on our military for eight years. I assume you're talking about uh, President Obama. Let's see what else here. Stop stream. Uh Uh-oh. I think Donald Trump loves this country a lot more than anyone else on the planet. Why? Because he put his life on hold. He put his kids to run his companies to separate himself from his companies and his presidency. He's putting his country first. He's a great man and the great president soon to be better than all others. You guys are saying this so brilliantly. You guys should should do this show. Oh, you know what? I I investigated something the other day. Uh, The comments are great, but I investigated something the other day. It's a way for me to take live phone calls during the podcast, during this Facebook live statement. Is that something that would be interesting to you? You know, much like we do on the radio when I'm on the radio Sunday nights or when I'm filling in for Herman. There's a uh, there's a great system now where I can at home have one number that you get and you can call in and we can actually have a conversation, a phone conversation during the podcast. I'm going to investigate that a little bit further, make sure that it's right, make sure that it works, and then maybe we'll set that up because I love what you guys are saying in your comments and I'd love to get the live passion and emotion recorded. Obama set race relations back 50 years. MLK is rolling over in his grave. Well, you know, it's like he said, two steps forward, one step back. My favorite name for him is Obozo. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, good. You guys are funny. Uh, all right, I'll tell you what. Well, let's, uh, we're going to wrap this up because we're already pushing 50 minutes. Before we go, a couple things. Don't forget, if you would like your T-shirt, uh, Obama promised me hope and change, but all I got was this lousy T-shirt, 12017. It's available now at Teespring. Look at the link. It's right there in the uh, description. And more importantly, the Deplora box is still up for grabs. I, you know what, let me turn this down for a minute because this is important. Don't go anywhere yet. Everybody stay right where you are. This is very important. You guys have done something incredible. You guys have done something incredible. Because of you, I uh, started a daily podcast. And basically, it's what we've just recorded. What we just did here on Facebook, it's just audio that I upload to iTunes and people go and listen to it. And in uh, like four episodes, we've broken the top 100. I don't know if you know how many podcasts there are, but I think the I think last count there was a bajillion, which is an industry term. It means a lot. And for us to break the top 100 is just incredible in such a short, with just five episodes. And that's all because you guys have gone to iTunes, you've downloaded it, you've subscribed. Most importantly, you've rated and reviewed it. And that's where you really get uh, a lot of emphasis in iTunes algorithm. So there's a link there too to the podcast. If you haven't yet, if you have an iPhone, if you have iTunes on your computer, your iPad, wherever, if you're listening on iTunes right now and you haven't yet subscribed or liked or given me a five-star or even a four-star if you want to give me like three or below, just don't even bother. But if you five or four star review, please do so now because that keeps us going. That keeps the algorithm coming back and checking and, and that will keep us moving up in the ratings. And one lucky person who subscribes to the iTunes will win the Deplora box. The Deplora, it's getting ready to go to DC. This box will soon be filled with all things Trump inauguration. Right from the streets of Washington, t-shirts, hats, koozies, Gosh, I don't even know. I imagine there's going to be all sorts of crap for sale on the streets of D.C. when I go there next week. The Deplora Box. If you want it, one lucky person who subscribes on iTunes, writes a five-star review, is going to... It's empty now. I know what you're thinking. It's an empty box, but it won't be. And it will go out in the mail to somebody um, as a way of me to say... As a way of me to, uh, saying uh, thank you and I love you. Okay, look, this news is not going to settle down at all. I, where there's going to be fallout from CNN, fallout from BuzzFeed, uh, fallout from uh, more fallout from Donald Trump and the Russians. We are going to, it's going to be incredible. So make sure again that you're listening tomorrow. When this feed ends here in just a minute, make sure that you hit notifications so that you'll be notified the next time I go live. And uh, and I, I, I love all your comments. I'm going to stop right now and I'm going to go back and I'm going to read some of them and I'm going to comment on some of them and I'm going to like I'm going to like all of them. This has been so much fun. What a what a crazy news day, man. Barack Obama, Donald Trump and golden showers. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> all right. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh have a good one. Bye-bye.